European Hearts Journal Issue at a Glance, Volume 38, Issue 32, Focus Issue on Lipids, by Editor-in-Chief Professor Thomas Lucia. Low-density lipoprotein, the culprit, from evidence to counselling, drugs and vaccination. Edward Jenner was the first to note that thickened coronary arteries are associated with sudden cardiac death. Rudolf Virchow accused cholesterol as the culprit, and Nikolai Nikolaevich Anichkov proving the hypothesis experimentally in rabbits. The clinical relevance of these findings, however, had to await the results of the Framingham study, which showed a strong association of plasma cholesterol levels in healthy individuals of a suburb of Boston with future infarctions, stroke, and death. But only Akiro Endo's discovery of statins proved the cholesterol hypothesis. The entire body of evidence is impressively brought together in a current opinion entitled Low-Density Lipoproteins Cause Atherosclerotic Cardiovascular Disease 1. Evidence from Genetic, Epidemiologic and Clinical Studies, a Consensus Statement from the European Atherosclerosis Society Consensus Panel, by Brian A. Ferentz and colleagues on behalf of the European Atherosclerosis Society. Therein, the authors appraised the clinical and genetic evidence that low-density lipoproteins, or LDL, cause atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease. They convincingly present the overwhelming evidence of the causal role of LDL and atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease-based genetic studies, prospective epidemiologic cohorts, Mendelian randomization studies, and randomized trials of low-density lipoprotein-lowering therapies. In clinical studies, the LDL burden is estimated by plasma LDL levels. Rare genetic mutations that cause reduced LDL receptor function lead to markedly higher LDL levels and are associated with a dose-dependent increase in atherosclerotic risk, whereas other variants leading to low LDL are associated with a correspondingly lower atherosclerotic risk. Meta-analyses of over 200 prospective cohort studies, Mendelian randomization studies, and randomized trials, including more than 2 million participants with over 20 million person years of follow-up and over 150,000 cardiovascular events, demonstrates a remarkably consistent dose-dependent log-linear association between the absolute magnitude of exposure of the vasculature to LDL and atherosclerotic risk, and this effect appears to increase with increasing duration of exposure to LDL. Both the naturally randomized genetic studies and the randomized intervention trials consistently demonstrate that any mechanism of lowering plasma LDL levels reduces the risk of atherosclerotic events proportional to the absolute reduction of LDL and the cumulative duration of exposure to lower LDL, provided that the achieved reduction in LDL is concordant with the reduction in LDL particle number and that there are no competing deleterious off-target effects. Thus, the cholesterol hypothesis is among the best documented concepts in medicine at large. Statins have therefore been introduced and are increasingly used in the majority of cardiovascular patients 
and now even in thromboembolism. However, the adherence to guideline-recommended statin therapy is suboptimal. Statins are underused and LDL cholesterol targets not met in up to 80% of high-risk patients, in spite of the fact that true and verified statin intolerance is uncommon and not the main reason for poor adherence. The reasons for this fact are multifactorial, ranging from negative news stories to concerns of physicians and patients, as well as side effects such as muscle symptoms. In a second current opinion, comprehensive efforts to increase adherence to statin therapy by Alexander von Bank and colleagues from the academic teaching hospital Feldkirch in Austria reiterate the impressive benefits of statins in different patient populations and provide practice recommendations to improve statin adherence and thus cardiovascular outcomes. High-density lipoprotein cholesterol, or HDLC, concentrations are inversely associated with cardiovascular disease and mortality. Unfortunately, attempts to protect the vasculature and reduce cardiovascular events by increasing HDLC concentrations have failed, most likely due to HDLC dysfunction in patients with coronary artery disease. Furthermore, Genetic evidence suggests that extremely high concentrations may paradoxically lead to more cardiovascular disease, a notion that is further pursued in a research article, Extreme High High-Density Lipoprotein Cholesterol is Paradoxically Associated with High Mortality in Men and Women, Two Prospective Cohort Studies, by Borger Groner Nordersgaard and colleagues from the Herlev University Hospital in Denmark. A total of 52,268 men and 64,240 women were included from the two prospective population-based studies, the Copenhagen City Heart and the Copenhagen General Population Study. The association between HDLC and all-cause mortality was U-shaped for both men and women, with both extreme high and low concentrations being associated with high all-cause mortality risk. The concentration of HDLC associated with the lowest all-cause mortality was 1.9 millimoles per litre in men and 2.4 millimoles per litre in women. When compared to the groups with the lowest risk, the multifactorially adjusted hazard ratios for all-cause mortality were 1.36 for men with HDLC of 2.5 to 2.99 millimoles per litre and 2.06 for men with one of more than or equal 3.0 millimoles per litre. For women, corresponding hazard ratios were 1.10 for HDLC of 3.0 to 3.49 millimoles per litre, and 1.68 for one of more than or equal to 3.5 millimoles per litre. Thus, Apparently healthy men and women with extremely high HDLC have a paradoxically high all-cause mortality. The implications of these results for drug development and clinical practice are further discussed in an insightful editorial by Philip Barter from the University of New South Wales in Sydney, Australia. While statins mainly lower LDLC, Novel drugs such as antibodies to proprotein convertase subtilizin slash kexin type 9, or PCSK9, or RNA interference technology also lower lipoprotein A. 
Hence, a precise characterization and comparability of the LPA-associated cardiovascular risk is an unmet need that Stefan Blankenberg and colleagues from the Universitätsklinikum Hamburg in Germany try to address in a meta-analysis entitled Lipoprotein A and the Risk of Cardiovascular Disease in the European Population, results from the Biomarcare Consortium. They evaluated the distribution of lipoprotein A concentrations across the European population in 56,804 participants from seven prospective population-based cohorts with a maximum follow-up of 24 years. They found lower lipoprotein A levels in Northern Europe compared to Central and Southern Europe. The highest cardiovascular event rates were seen for lipoprotein A levels greater or equal to the 90th percentile. However, there was no significant association between lipoprotein A levels and total mortality. Subgroup analysis identified the highest lipoprotein A-associated risk in diabetics and those with cardiovascular disease. The addition of lipoprotein A levels to a prognostic model revealed only a marginal but significant C-index discrimination measure increase. Thus, marked regional differences of lipoprotein A levels exist within the European population. Elevated LPA was robustly associated with an increased risk for cardiovascular disease, particularly among diabetics. These results may lead to better identification of target populations who might benefit from future LPA-lowering therapies, particularly as PCSK9 inhibitors, contrary to statins, do not induce glucose metabolism. PCSK9 binds to the low-density lipoprotein receptor and enhances its degradation, which leads to the reduced clearance of low-density lipoprotein cholesterol and a higher risk of atherosclerosis. Thus, PCSK9 has emerged as a promising therapeutic target for the treatment of hypercholesterolemia and atherosclerosis. PCSK9 inhibitors are typically subcutaneously applied on a bimonthly or monthly basis. An even smarter approach would be to antagonize PCSK9 by vaccination. In their basic research manuscript, the AT04A vaccine against PCSK9 reduces total cholesterol, vascular inflammation, and atherosclerosis in APOE3 Leiden CETP mice. Christine Landlinger and colleagues from Aphoris AG in Vienna, Austria, evaluated the AT04A anti-PCSK9 vaccine for its therapeutic potential in ameliorating or even preventing coronary heart disease in APOE3 Leiden CETP mice, an established model for atherosclerosis. Control and AT04A vaccine-treated mice were fed Western-type diet for 18 weeks. Antibody titers, plasma lipids, and inflammatory markers were monitored by ELISA, FPLC, and multiplexed immunoassay, respectively. The progression of atherosclerosis was evaluated by histological analysis of serial cross-sections from the aortic sinus. 
the AT04A vaccine induced high and persistent antibody levels against PCSK9, causing a significant reduction in plasma total cholesterol and low-density lipoprotein cholesterol compared to controls. Plasma inflammatory markers, such as serum amyloid A, macrophage inflammatory protein 1-beta, macrophage-derived chemokine cytokine stem cell factor, and vascular endothelial growth factor A, were significantly diminished in AT04A-treated mice. As a consequence, treatment with the AT04A vaccine resulted in decreased atherosclerotic lesion area and aortic inflammation, as well as in more lesion-free aortic segments, compared to control. The authors conclude that AT04A vaccine induces an effective immune response against PCSK9 in APOE3 Leiden CETP mice, leading to a significant reduction of plasma lipids, systemic and vascular inflammation, and atherosclerotic lesions in the aorta. The translational potential of these exciting experimental findings are outlined in an editorial by Ulrich Laufs from the Department of Cardiology of the University of Leipzig in Germany. The editors hope that this issue of the European Hearts Journal will find the interest of its readers.